0: To the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host John here with me today. are Brian hey, and Alex. Hello. This week we're going to talk about Biomutant and a bunch of other random stuff. But before we get to all that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at npn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., and Alan K. for their contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. You get them a week early. They usually pop up in our normal feed on the off weeks, but you can get them early if you're a patron. And uh, this week we're going to talk about—I um, don't know—I think Bo Burnham's Inside special that he put out on Netflix, and maybe some other random stuff that Alex had picked out. Uh, and yeah, you also get to check out the horror movie yearbook's Tiny Terror side quest as well. That's their version of the side quest pretty cool they talk about some cool stuff so be sure to check out the patreon (laughs) i'm really glad that came in like as i finished my sentence i thought thought alex was like playing with a soundboard on his phone or something no i'm listening to the horror
1: i was i was i muted myself so i could listen to the last couple minutes of the horror movie your book so i could figure out what they're going to do this week and uh and then brian shit his
0: (laughs) pants (laughs) oh
2: my god (laughs) i'm not well guys leave me alone
0: no i mean it What it's you know imagine how you feel on the inside i totally understand uh, as always, we do appreciate feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Be sure to tell us how much you don't want to hear Brian farting on the air. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are also Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe to our Twitch channel via your Amazon Prime account, which you get one free one from Amazon if you are a Prime member. Or you can subscribe for four ninety nine, I believe is what it is, if you don't buy it through the app stores. Uh, other than that, Alex, what is going on with the network? Yes, so
1: uh, the horror movie, Your Book boys on their m- Most uh, recent full episode talked about Army of the Dead, the Zack Snyder film on Netflix. Please check that out. They also have a Tiny Terror that's out about, uh, I think Tim went to see Spiral. Willie watched some of the the Sons of Sam documentary on Netflix, I think. And uh, they have another friend, John Street, also a John with no H, which they comment on. They only (sighs) have Johns on on the Tiny Terror. It's the correct way to spell it. Yes, uh, he talks about some Army of the Dead as well. What's so please, the point of the H? Uh, to make Just it in the way. slightly more Norwegian? I don't know. Uh, so go check that out. And then it, it sounds like they're going to be talking about Jaws this week. They sounds like it'll be a real 70s. gas. <laughs> they haven't gone back to the 70s in a while, so they're going to talk about Jaws, a very good summer movie, I think. And uh, there was no film nerds this week because we... Uh, didn't talk about what we wanted to do early enough, but it sounds like a few of us are interested enough to maybe go see A Quiet Place Part 2 in the theaters, so that'll uh, be I'll fun. look forward to that. A, a quieter uh, be, place.
0: Probably next week, yes. A more quiet place. But anyway. Anyway, other than that, what have you guys been playing? I'm the only one who played Biomutant, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. So we'll get to that in a second.
1: Uh, I... I played some Battlefield V because it was free on PlayStation Plus last month, I believe. Uh, month of May. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, that game seems like a little bit of a mess. Like, a lot of the menus don't really, like, flow too well. And, like, the first time I loaded it up, it didn't even properly work. I had to, like, restart it and then it downloaded another update from inside the game. And then it kind of worked properly. They don't expect um, you to
0: use the menus in those games. They just expect you to get out there and kill some noobs. Apparently, yeah. So
1: so that that was a little weird, but uh, it, it was Nick and Gojo and I playing some of the... They have co-op missions that you can run, I think, with a group of four. Um, and you can pick the different classes, and you can purchase weapons and stuff like that. But anyway, we just uh, defaulted back to like me on support and them doing their thing. And I was like scoping out people with the marking scope to mark all the enemies and whatnot. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there's no drone, as far as I know. So Just wait for
2: the new one. Is this going to be slightly in the future, probably?
1: There better be a drone. I need there will a drone. Be. Give me a drone.
2: There's drones in a lot of the older... Like, modern setting ones. Yeah, I know.
1: I know. We, we had our good times in Battlefield 3. Um, so, we'll, we'll see what the new one brings. And uh, maybe they can build a menu that works in that one. Um, but other than that, I've been playing some Returnal. And I was probably minutes away from putting that game down and not coming back to it. When I finally beat the third boss and made it to the fourth biome. And, uh, it felt very satisfying to do so finally. And it's really all about patience and figuring out the patterns, but also like, it's weird the, the, they make it so that you can start to bypass the biomes when you, when you start beating bosses and you don't have to fight bosses again, but it still becomes very worth it to like actually go through the levels to get more health and get the artifacts that will like strengthen your character and give you more protection and stuff like that. So I think um, that is, it's still very important to at least go through the first biome and get some of that stuff. It makes it a lot easier to deal with the bosses. But at the same time, they also do cool things where, like, when you use one of the level skips, basically, they give you a couple items, like, they give you something that ups your weapon proficiency, and they make sure to give you a chest early so that you can get a weapon that's more useful against some of the stronger enemies and things like that. So I like that kind of stuff. Um, but it kind of got hard to kind of thread the needle and make sure that like, I wasn't spending several hours on every run and then going to like the third biome and just getting ruined by everything that happens there. Cause it's tough, but yeah, so I made it to the fourth biome. I beat the boss in the fourth biome and I've gotten to the fifth biome. Uh, the game kind of switches gears a little bit when you beat biome three and I hope it's not a spoiler. Kind of spoiler for Returnal-ish. But once you beat Biome 3, Biome 4 becomes your new starting point.
0: Oh, so there is a checkpoint.
1: There is a (laughs) checkpoint, kind of. But, like, right now I can't go back to Biomes 1, 2, and 3. I think it's basically just, like, your first time through 3, you get to 4, and then you start over from 4. And then from there, you'll probably beat Biome 5 or 6. I don't know. Probably 6. And then maybe that's when it's like, okay, now you can go through all six of them and in, in one fell swoop. Um, but I don't know exactly for sure that that's how it works. But it's interesting at least, and and you know the story's still
0: kind of nebulous. It feels like even halfway through. But um, I'm assuming it's all a giant loop. Like even when you get to the end, it just puts you all the way back at the beginning, and it's just new game plus.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably going to work that way, but I'm curious if there are any kind of answers at least that makes it make some sort the, of sense. Or, for the
0: record, if I am correct about that, that's a total like I don't know because I haven't looked. <laughs> I haven't actually looked into what happens in this game because yeah. I am interested enough in it to play it. I just it's it makes me so angry and mm-hmm. I can't play it. I have to like be in the right mindset and I haven't been in the right mindset to play it. I get it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I. I do feel some hope now that I will actually make it through to the end when I was very close to just saying I'm never going to beat this game and just putting it down. Um, but we'll see if Biomes 5 and 6, if that exists, uh, kind of beat that out of me in the coming weeks. Um, so, yeah. Returnal still very good. People should check it out. If, they ha- if you have a PS5, there's no reason to not have Returnal. I think it's a great game and it's something everybody should try. So... That's all I've been playing, really.
2: Cool. Brian, what about you? Um, I haven't been playing too much, honestly. Uh, played some more, uh, Hell Let Loose with the dudes. It's Pretty fun. We had a good run. We had, like, a full squad on Friday. Um, yeah, I'm digging that game. It's definitely a, a, a much slower game than, like, Battlefield. It's, it's way more, um about positioning and actually following the uh, chain of command and listen. like the commander role can talk to all the squad leaders but nobody else hears them in voice chat so the squad leaders have to basically execute whatever the commander's saying and tell everyone in their squad what they should be doing whatever
1: does the commander actually <clears throat> hear both real time or does
2: he have to switch over to a different channel to talk to the other Leaders. I think it's just an open chat channel between commander and squad leaders. So it can okay. be a lot being a squad leader. Probably. I mean, I never am, but, uh,
0: <clears throat> Alex, you could be the support class that like runs the radio and you, all you have to do is like, you just keep tapping your mouse button to crank the radio <laughs> and like, they, have they it. They
2: don't have that, but they have a lot of different support roles. They should have like, that. Unlike battlefield, which usually has like what four classes you can play. Um, I'm looking for realism here. They, they, they break their stuff. No, oh, it is realism, <laughs> but they, they break their, uh, stuff down a lot more like specifically, um, for the infantry, for one thing, there's like three different types of squads you can join. And they, uh, a couple of them are very limited based on, uh, resources available and stuff. Um I want to be a
1: spy that goes behind enemy lines and then you have to use Morse code to communicate to another person on your actual team like on the opposite team technically kind of <laughs> and so that way you actually have to like tap out the Morse code on the mouse
2: I think that'd be pretty sweet That would, would be really cool It would make me actually learn Morse code <laughs> Well that's not in the game either damn it Well it should be Anyway, you, you could sorry. just get on the radio and just be like, everyone would be like, uh, Shut what
0: up. what's going on?
2: <laughs> I don't know. Zero we had one, this guy join the group, one, and zero, he only zero, wants zero, to one, speak one, in one, Morse code. One, <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry that just you're, reminds you're me like actual. real <laughs> real quick tangent whenever i'm deleting designs off of the embroidery machine at work it beeps a lot like that and ed always mm-hmm. puts on some weird morse code thing that he pulls up on youtube <laughs> and just plays in the background as if they're communicating to each other it's really funny cracks That's me up every good. time anyways hell let loose is dope sounds dope they should are they gonna do it for like successive wars like is it because this is like world war ii based right or world war One? world war ii So they should just keep doing all the wars. And then the very last one, like the last one is the January 6th insurgent on the Capitol. Let that shit go down. See how coordinated. Everybody's (laughs) got to get on a fake Facebook and they got to like plan it all. (laughs) The commanders are the only
1: ones that have access. They
0: have access access to the parlor app in the game. (laughs) to talk to each other. (laughs) Uh,
1: And they're the ones that can post to Instagram the pictures of. Of themselves, it would, standing, it would be incredible. Um, it would be incredible. And stealing flags,
0: yep. And then some of you get like there's a whole team that's like the Capitol Police. And then there's like <laughs> you got some of the Capitol, you got to like get the congressmen and senators like out of the Capitol building. Like, <laughs> this
2: sounds a little too real for right now. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you could make a mod, for uh, that. yeah. Like, like uh, why doesn't that exist? I don't know. I think there's several reasons why it doesn't exist. They don't, they yeah. don't want to get doxxed by I'm just going to assume supporters. nobody's
0: as creative as we are.
2: <laughs> also that. Could be. Anyway.
0: Anyways, Brian, what nice. else? You played? You said you played some Magic the Gathering. I wasn't
2: done talking about that. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> Keep going. Hell hasn't um,
2: con- has continued to let loose. Just some of the specifics that I didn't get into, like, the last time is, like, most of the time, I mean, we... For all the time, actually. We just uh, form an infantry squad, which then you have, like, a bunch of different classes. Like, there's support, engineer, anti-tank, rifleman, automatic rifleman, etc., etc. There's, I think, like, eight or so. Like, how much, how much realism are you guys really going for?
0: Like, do you crank your headphones and scream
2: into the microphone? <laughs> I mean, there's, like, a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Never mind. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just picturing,
0: because I can, I can picture, like, you and Jordan, because I don't know who else all plays, but I can picture you guys, like, with your headphones on, like, yelling into your microphones, like, you know, get to the chopper kind of shit, like, but it's this game. <laughs> but but the headphones are, like, cranked. Like, Jordan's got his, like, audio interface. I think he's got, like, a shit audio one, like, the, that, that brand. Mm-hmm. And he's got it, like, cranked really high, and you guys, like... I don't know, like maybe you hook up a rumble thing to your seat and shit. So it's like, like, I don't know. Anyways. So
1: Brian, how many of the classes have you actually tried out? (laughs) And do they actually feel like that different? And do they, do they have meaning or is it just kind of like, oh, you're a dude in a different role?
2: The, uh, the loadouts are a lot different. Um, like every class has like, well not every class but uh, like the riflemen and automatic riflemen actually have explosive grenades that they carry and stuff but a lot of the classes only carry smoke grenades okay and smoke grenades i would say are more important in this game than any other game i've played honestly and they work really well like they 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 seem to dissipate in a really believable realistic way provide cover
0: what's your real life um, experience with smoke grenades <laughs> just out I of curiosity
2: experienced any <laughs> we don't really take gonna, that seriously i'm just gonna take honest. a back
0: seat and let you finish <laughs> it's a good idea the heat in this room is really getting to me that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> just it's getting fried hilarious. your brain I want, oh. John, I want you to play Hell Let Loose, and I want you to get a fog machine that you set off every time <laughs> get you a smoke Get that industrial fog grenade. machine
0: that Dad had in the garage, like, for yeah. a while, and just set that up there in the go. room. Every time a smoke grenade goes off, hit the button, and it's like, <laughs> and it just fills the room with fog. <laughs> there's there's our Twitch stream, Dan, uh, <laughs> just, just
1: being as,
0: I'm going to have to go to uh, Joe's Army Navy and get a helmet, like an actual, yes. like, World War II helmet. Actually, just go to Uncle Eric's attic. I'm sure he's got a few up there from Grandpa.
2: Probably. Anyways, go ahead. I'll, I'll shut up. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> we'll um, leave him for now. I, the other squad types you can do are like the uh, tank squad. So you can only pick tank crew specific classes. And that's like the whole thing that I haven't really... I tried it once and it's very difficult just... Because you literally have somebody driving that can't see where they're going and somebody telling them where to go because they can see and somebody else gunning and reloading and whatever. And so, it's like manual gearing and stuff. It's pretty wild. But, so uh,
1: is that squad type something that gets selected? Like can you have multiples
2: yeah. of the same squad or is it... You can have basically a seemingly unlimited amount of infantry squads, but I think you can only have maybe up to like a... A few crew uh, tank crews at a time, and then recon. There's only a limit of two squads, and each recon squad is only two people each. Okay. So is so it is a tank a crew and a sniper?
0: Is the tank crew just one tank and then like four support members, or
2: like is it two like, tanks? It's a three three person crew. Okay, and they're so, all inside yeah. the tank, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can get out. Yeah, but. You're kind of wasting your class if you're not actually in the tank. It's not tank. like Battlefield where you can just be any class and go jump into a tank. You have to be... You have to spawn as a tank crew to be able to get into it.
0: Yeah, so you can't just run up to the enemy's tank if you're not a tank person and, like, steal their tank. Mm,
2: yeah. Basically.
0: That's cool.
2: Um, yeah, and then I guess, like, stuff like artillery is player-controlled, but you have to control it from like all the way in the back of the field somewhere so you can stay in like an infantry squad but control artillery and then yeah like jordan will like call out where an artillery strike should be laid down and then like whoever's doing artillery will like fire on that spot and it's like frighteningly uh realistic looking it just rains down fire and he's gotta like call in like actual
0: map coordinates and stuff
2: yeah, that's, that's sweet. awesome. Um, yeah, I've, uh, it's definitely it's more polished than I would expect for an early access game. But uh, I, I, there's some like lag issues here and there that yeah. make it feel like it's really the frame rate. Well, yeah, the frame rate does tank once in a while, too, which is a bummer. But uh, considering that it's like a hundred person game and there's all this stuff going on, it's it's pretty impressive. That's cool. And it's, it's it's really interesting, like, firing at enemies and not actually knowing if you hit them. You just... Because there's no, like, hit marker indicator or sound. Unless you get a headshot, then you can hear the, like, tink on their helmet. Interesting. I mean, that's pretty realistic. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it, it's, it's weird to, to play a game like that if you're playing Battlefield games so long. And, like, not having a magazine like an ammo count in the bottom of your screen or anything. I hope you guys um, aren't
1: sick of it when it comes out of early access, because that's when I feel like I would want to pick it up and try it. I
2: mean, it's good enough now. I would totally pick it up now, if you see it on sale or something.
1: Okay. Keep
2: that uh, in mind. I know they're... Well, I don't know, but I think I heard that they are going to add, like, destructible buildings and stuff. Nice. That'll be cool. Very battlefield Yeah, I mean, that was always a highlight of Battlefield games, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, besides that, I played some Magic the Gathering Arena, because I can play it on my iPad, and I didn't feel like sitting in my little office. So it was kind of nice playing a game on the iPad for once, because I just really don't use it for that, even though it's fully capable.
0: You've got Discord on your iPad, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I should download it on my iPad and then we can play Magic and talk shit over Discord?
2: (laughs) Um, yeah, I'm just, like, playing through these silly color challenges they have. And, I mean, I don't know, like, if they just have those geared toward people that have never played Magic before at all. Or if they, like, (laughs) I don't know, but they're super easy. When you're
0: done, do you get a t-shirt covered in all kinds of color patterns and stuff?
2: No, it's not like that. Oh. But um, basically, they just make you use a single color deck and play against every other color.
0: See, I like Um, I like that kind of stuff, because that's when when I was on tour once, we went to Meyer and we all picked up a starter deck and we were only allowed to play with that starter deck. We could take cards out of it if we wanted to. But you had to like you couldn't add anything like you just had that deck mm -hmm. and each deck. Everybody got a different color. And we played that way. And it was like a lot of fun because then it's like you're just you're stuck with what you have. You're not trying to like upgrade the deck and make it better or more efficient. It's just it is what it is. And some of those decks are like engineered to be pretty powerful if you know how to use them right. So it actually made it like really fun
2: to use those decks. So I I like that style of play as opposed to making my own. The they give you a deck and basically every time you win they give you a couple more cards for it. But it is also optional to go in and edit the deck and take some stuff out or just leave it all in. I've just yeah. been leaving it all in for now, but um, I'm sure I'll like change things up and I'm sure at some point you can just make your own decks period. Yeah. But I don't think I have enough cards for that at this point. Um, Does it play well on the iPad though? Oh yeah. It's, I would say it's better. To play on the ipad than it is on the pc card games always like, feel that way to me even solitaire just, on an ipad just feels good yeah i mean playing those games with the mouse is fine but pointing like literally just dragging cards around with your finger and stuff feels just way more intuitive yeah um uh yeah i've only played one other person like once because at the end of a color challenge to <coughs> finish it you have to play a person and i was like all right here's when it's gonna get a little rough And I, like, smoked them. It was, like, over faster than playing the AI. Like, they played one card the whole time. I don't understand what was going on with their issue. They probably didn't Hmm. uh, mulligan when they should. Probably didn't have any land. Bummer. Yeah. That's about it, I think. I I dabbled in a little more Disco Elysium, but...
0: I played, like, the first 20 minutes of it. I thought about playing it.
2: How awesome is the uh, narrator voice? <laughs> the
0: narrator voice is great. I really like the, the dice roll system that pops up on screen to do, like, your mm-hmm. chance checks and everything. Like, I think that's really cool to actually show you, like, dice rolling for it, even though it's just, like, it could be a total bullshit thing, but it's just, I like that idea that it's, like, popping up dice and showing you your chance or whatever. Um, but, yeah, the narration's really cool. The voice acting is really good. Um mm-hmm. The f- that first opening setting is like super weird and like it's just yeah I like I still also- I need to I need to play more. this the thing is like I played it and it I played it the same time I was like trying out like I I had downloaded Disco Elysium last week last time we recorded like while we were mm-hmm. recording it was downloading and I so I had it ready to go and then I went to preload Bio Mutant and I was like well while that's downloading I'm gonna play Disco Elysium and like figure this out. And so I played it for a little while and I was like, Gosh, I I want to keep playing this, but I gotta crack into Biomutant. So then I like stopped playing Disco Elysium to play Biomutant and I've been thinking about Disco Elysium ever since. Like how much I wanna play it. So
2: Yeah, it's gotten in my brain and I definitely am like you know, to be honest, that would play great on an iPad too.
0: For sure. Any kind of point and, and click adventure is like that's I mean, tapping the screen, like moving and dragging yeah. things, like it all just makes sense.
2: I mean it's a point and click rpg basically with no combat so it's even better for an ipad if there isn't any combat right um it you did remind me i did play one other thing for a couple hours actually i played uh Elysium is on the ipad for 39.99 No shit well i already own it on pc so i'm not yeah so do i that's awesome though if it ever yeah if it ever gets cheap
0: oh it's not an apple arcade like every other fucking game on the stupid ipad
2: that's dumb. Anyway, sorry. What was, the, it, what was your last game, Brian? I played some more Deep Space Galactic. Or is it Deep, deep Rock, Rock Galactic? Yeah. That's the Viking deep Space Rock galactic. Game? Yeah. And that game is, like, the style of it is just so cool. Like, it's one of those games where, you know, there's not a whole lot going on graphically, <laughs> but it's so well stylized that it looks great. Um, Like a weird... Poly- P-pla- polygonal 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 <laughs> polygonal uh polygamous yeah like <laughs> cartoon style it's so but, um, dumb how our brains go to the same fucking place yeah that I was I kept wanting to not say that but that's where <laughs> my brain kept leading is polygamy <laughs> yeah it's a bunch of vikings
0: in uh <laughs> in mixed They're relationships
2: yeah <laughs> There's only one male Viking, though, and the rest are women. Very unfair. <laughs> but they
0: all have beards. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I'm strangely there aroused.
0: There we go. Right one on the right first try. There yeah, we go. Um, but that's like... So that what is that, like a space Viking mining game or something like that? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah,
2: basically, you you start... Like, you have this little, like, hub area that you can explore and. Um, Like, that's where you can mess with your loadouts, your cosmetics. (coughs) There's, like, a little mini-game you can play. Once you get to a certain level, you can go to the bar and buy drinks and stuff. A really sick Viking swingers
0: party. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: (laughs) Um, And then you take missions from there, and it kind of tells you, like, roughly how difficult they're going to be and if they take a long time or not too long. Um, It's all... Sexual euphemisms about penetrating rock.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> John,
1: you're just overflowing with game ideas. <laughs> you gotta. You should you be gotta, writing
2: these down.
0: Because <laughs> the Vikings always talk with some weird accent like this, and yeah, well,
2: yeah gotta they do.
0: dig deep into this rock because it's real
1: hard. <laughs> <laughs> it yep. sounds like the dude from Lego the Lego rock Raiders game actually.
2: <laughs> it is a fun game I think you guys should download it and we should play together because it's on game pass right yeah it doesn't and it, it takes like two minutes to download um yeah I played with Jim because his computer's kind of messed up right now like he needs a new cooler or something. So we were just trying to figure out what games we could play that are cross-platform, mm. and that one works fine between Xbox and PC. Nice. So we played it. And, uh yeah, we had played it once before, but this time I think we got a better uh, grasp on, like, the mechanics of, like, using the map. It's like a 3D map that you can can kind of spin around, and that helps you figure out where you need to go. Because when they drop you, they, like, drop you into a mission in a drop pod that like burrows into the surface of like whatever asteroid or whatever you're landing on. And then basically you're told you have to collect certain things. Yes. It burrows in hard. (laughs) I was watching you Alex
0: in the little tiny window off to the side.
1: (laughs) I can tell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can just see her face, and your smile oh. kept creeping up.
2: <laughs> uh, this one's really gone off the rails. Nick's gonna love this. <laughs> and only Nick. Um. So, basically, you can have up to four dwarves, really small level polygamy. <laughs> but, uh, it's just drop in, drop out. Like, you can you drop in you the mission has a certain amount of time that you have to do it in i think but it's not like too strict or maybe maybe you can take as long as you want but you make less money the longer you take anyways you, you have an objective like mine s- such and such or or like collect alien eggs or um whatever and, and there might be like an, an extra thing that you can uh, like a a secondary objective that you can fulfill for extra money. Um, So you you basically are just in this, like, cave system, and you don't really know where to go until you look at the 3D map, and it kind of gives you an idea where the, like, nodes are of the resource that you need, and you have to figure out how to get there, which that's, like, the hardest part, is figuring out how to get places and not fall and die off the side of, like, a ledge or something. But they give you all kinds of cool tools. There's, like, different classes, and they each have their own set of tools or whatever. But I was playing, like, the Heavy Gunner, and he has, like, a zip line that you can attach to. Hmm. And you can just ride it up and down, and you can change the direction of it on the fly. And that helps you, like... So is it, like, more like a grappling hook, then, or...? No, a uh, different class has a grappling hook. Gotcha. But, like, the zipline is specifically... You can't go shoot it too high or too low. Like, they, it has to be, like, probably under, like, a 45-degree angle. Okay. For it to work right. And then uh, it's, like, a point-to-point thing. Like, wherever you're standing to whatever uh, you want to go to. When you said you can change direction, does that mean you can fire it again while you're moving? or No, like, once you're latched on... You can uh just hit a button to start going like there's a set speed you move up and down it, okay. you could just hit a button to reverse the direction oh, if you want to go okay. back um and each class has its own weapon and like secondary weapon, and like the one Jim was playing instead of just having a pickaxe <laughs> to destroy everything, he had a huge drill, which that made getting through certain surfaces way quicker. And basically, like, you're trying to get these resources and get out, and uh, every, pretty much every time you find, like, a certain threshold of a resource, they send, like, a wave of, like, uh, monsters at you, like spiders and whatnot. So, I don't know. It sounds, it's pretty basic concept-wise, but it, it plays really well. It's well thought out. It's been out for a while, so I'm assuming they've refined it quite a bit yeah and dwarves are funny and they sound cool they look cool it came out at the same time that's deep rock galactic right mm-hmm.
1: yeah it came out at the same time as a game called hard space Shipbreaker. Mm-hmm. i don't know if you heard of that one but it's like you're basically a like ship salvage person yeah i've heard you of you go it. and like you're breaking ships apart to like salvage them basically but you have to do things in the right order because like if you don't depressurize this one part of it, but then you cut it open, it'll explode and kill you, basically, oh. that type of thing. So I like I've heard I heard I feel like they came out around the same time and I heard about both of them and I was like these both sound cool. But I haven't gotten around to trying either of them out. I don't know if Hard Space Shipbreaker's on Game Pass or not, but I don't think so. I'd be down to check out Deep Rock Galactic. I'll probably install it after this.
2: Yeah, I'm curious like how much more fun it would be with like a full group. I It'd
0: think a bunch of Jordan's friends tools. play it. They
2: had like a Space Vikings channel on their Discord for yeah. a while or whatever. But they seem pretty uh into Hell Let Loose and uh IL Stuka whatever it is too. Il Sturmovik or whatever. Yeah, the the plane game.
1: Um Squadrons is free on PlayStation Plus this month, so there might be a lot
2: of new people to murder. Oh, well, nice. Squadrons is free on EA Play through Xbox Game Pass as well. Well, there you go.
0: I should get so, that on my PlayStation and then hook up the camera using the camera adapter I got and play it in VR with my flight stick.
2: There you go. Oh, yeah. Dreams. <laughs> That's all I have to ramble about. That took way longer than it should have. That's my <laughs> fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take blame for that. And then I have basically nothing to add to the rest of this. Go. Johns. How um, John, how is Biomutant?
0: Okay, uh, Zach Cap <laughs> in the chat said, yay or nay to Biomutant. He said well, he's seen also, a lot of mixed reviews, and my what? response was, more like, meh. And what that means <laughs> is, that, is... Is that better
2: than yay or nay? Well, because, I mean, all right,
0: I've, got, I've got about five to six hours in it, I think, which I don't really think is enough, which is why we're calling this First Impressions, um... But Biomutant is a third person post apocalyptic uh RPG with gunplay and melee weapons that should probably be in like a John Wick game instead. And <laughs> uh you play little woodland looking creatures, like a little woodland creature. I thought my thing is is I thought the character creator would allow me to make a plethora of different styles of creature, mm-hmm. but you're really only this one like Field hamster. mouse, hamster-style creature. And I wanted to uh, make, like, lizard people and, like, other things like that.
2: Like a woodland <sighs> wiener dog, maybe?
0: Yeah, just... I, I thought it would be cool if it, that was allowed, but that's not a thing. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Um, the The combat I thought was going to be way more interesting, but it's not. It just feels very button-mashy, and that's mm. kind of a bummer. But it's cool because... Your melee attack, at least for my character, are assigned to the right mouse button, and my gun attack is assigned to the left mouse button, so you can kind of flick between the two really quickly if you want to, and there are combos for both that combine. Which is pretty sweet. I'm currently playing the mercenary class, which has like a dual wield katana thing going on, but can also use ranged weapons as well. Uh, at one point, I picked up a boomerang ranged weapon, which was really cool because it was as if, as if I had another melee weapon alongside it, and I w- didn't have to worry about ammo. I would just whip the boomerang, and it would come back to me, and I'd throw it again, and it did pretty good damage, which was cool. It the game has a lot of systems at play. Currently, like there's a dark and a light side of things. Like, so there's this morality concept mm-hmm. that you have to toy with. And then there are five different clans or I don't remember what they call them. I don't think they call them clans, but there's like factions, yeah, something. five factions and you've got to like, basically like take like you, you partner with one of them and then you're basically like taking over all of the other factions, like, uh, <clears throat> fortresses and things Strongholds, like that. Yeah. Strongholds. Um, And then basically all you're doing is you're trying to save the Tree of Life, is my understanding, in the center of the entire world that you're in. And there are certain things that are, like, leeching life out of it right now based off of the big evil bad guy. And it's... um, I like the exploration aspect of it because the world is huge and every little city you come into... It's like... It's very fallout in the sense that like when you walk into a city there's a bunch of buildings that you can go into and like kind of explore and like find you know uh, loot and things in and then there's little puzzles you can do like um it's they're they're like I don't know how to describe them like turn puzzles where you have like a set amount of like turns like by turns I mean you're actually rotating something Mm. But, like, each thing rotates up to eight times. Like, it has, like, eight directions. Like, it has, like, the direction it starts in, and then it's, like, an eighth of a turn each time. Kind of annoying. Because each of those little ticks takes away from the turns that you have to solve the puzzle. But you're doing things like basically restarting the circuitry of, like, a doorway. Or restarting the circuitry of a laundry machine in order to get whatever loot is inside of them. So each little puzzle like that is kind of interesting. It's a very... Um, it's a very lofty concept that I think was done in a very mediocre way, which sucks because it looked really cool and it looks really cool. Like it's very pretty, but it just, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff going on that just, it's hard to, it's hard to stay focused on it, I guess. And part of that is is the game's design, too, because when you're playing through it, the narrator butts in and cuts you off, and it, like, stops gameplay to, like, explain some shit to you, like, constantly. And it could
2: just be because I'm in the intro area, and that's, like, just what it does. It's like when you're recording a podcast <coughs> and you're trying to explain what you were playing for a week. Yeah, it's very similar. It should only take, like, five minutes, and it takes, like, 30. <laughs> yes,
0: precisely. Just like that. But that's so it's like I found that I found the narrator to be extremely aggravating and annoying in the way it would like make me watch these random cutscenes scenes when all I'm trying to do is like walk from point A to point B and it like stops me to show me a cutscene and explain something. And I'm like, can you just like what? I mean, I, I'm trying to think of another game that does it, but like games were like, you're moving, and the camera takes a quick focus on something in the background from where you are, and it allows you to keep moving and talking to you w- while showing you something else. Like, similar to, um, shit, uh, I can't think straight right now, like, like, uh, like when you're playing Breakpoint, and there's a drone flying overhead and it shows the t- the triangle button allows you to focus in the direction of where the, the drone is. So you hit the triangle button and it shows you where it is. So you know where to duck down and hide, but it doesn't stop you from playing the game. Yeah. In this case, it's doing, like, a hard stop of, like, hey, check out this thing, and I'm going to be the slowest talking narrator on the face of the planet to explain it to you. <laughs> and and I found myself, like, racing through the dialogue because I was so angry that it was making me stop what I was doing to pay attention to something I didn't give a shit about. <laughs> and that sucks. Like, that's just, yeah. it's, it's, bad, it's bad game design. It's interesting
1: because to me when I was watching videos of the game it very much like at least from the exploration side of things in the open world that it's presenting it felt very Breath of the Wild as well. In in that like um I think there's kind of like a kite type thing There's there's you, a glider you but you don't
0: get it right glide. away. You you can get it you can get it in like the first 5-6 hours of the game but you have to like skip through a bunch of shit to get to the area where it's at. Yeah. And like I just, like, I just want to, like, absorb what's going on in this world and understand it, but I feel like I just keep getting interrupted and they're, like, introducing systems to me, like,
2: here's it, it here's almost, how you,
0: like, it does a whole flashback sequence and it's, like, teaching you how to, like, recycle and, like, craft things and, like, break them down, but it's doing it in this manner, in this flashback that is, like, so annoying that I, I like, I didn't pay attention to any of it and now I don't know how any of it works because it just made me mad, like.
1: It sounds almost like a lot of the t- the <clears throat> tutorialization that you'd see in the in the Zelda games before Breath of the Wild, like the, the Skyward Swords and the Twilight Princesses, where, like, the opening hours of the game are so stilted because of all of that tutorializing that it doesn't really let you just experience. It feels like a lot, it sounds like there's probably a lot of telling and not as much showing of just, like, here's how you do this and here's how you experience this and let it all kind of unfold in front of you, which which right. is a bummer. Like it,
0: I mean, like, for for example, like there's a se- a segment of the flashback where they're teaching you to like dig through like junk piles, right? So like literally, the whole point is you walk up to a junk pile and you tap the right mouse button until you dig through the junk and pull the crap out, and you had to do that three times. It was like a fetch quest of digging through junk, and I'm like. This is stupid. Like, I could have, if they would have just never given me this as a tutorial, I could have completely figured this out on my own, and it wouldn't have interrupted my gameplay. I would have seen a pile of junk on the ground with an interact button next to it, and I go up to it, and I interact with it, and I dig up the junk, and then it's done. And I'm like, oh, so I can look around the world and find these trash piles to find shit in, and I would have just known that. You know, yeah. and that's exactly like that. They're they're doing all this telling and none of this showing. They're like forcing me to do this thing, and then as soon as I'm done doing that thing, it clips to a cutscene, and I have to listen to some other asshole talk about how I can go around the <laughs> world and find junk piles and like dig them up and find more junk. And it's like I I just I just figured that out. Like I just did that. Like why are you telling me the thing I just did? So yeah, it it. It
1: seems, like, I think the studio is Experiment 101, uh, and I think they were acquired by THQ Nordic, but that studio is originally only, like, 18 people, and so it sounds like an extremely ambitious game, but just kind of poorly executed, um, which, which is a bummer. Like, I think I've been seeing a lot of people kind of being like, I would love to know what a sequel to this actually looks like, now that they've learned a lot, and, you know, know what works and what doesn't work, and go from there but also like who knows if it's sold enough to really justify what would be a sequel anyway so
0: yeah i mean it's 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 quirky and cute it does some really funny stuff like whenever you you find the fast travel points you're like marking your territory so the your little creature actually goes and pees on the post and like that's funny (laughs) to me like that's pretty good and like the combat is very like comic booky with like it does slowdowns, and it does these really cool, um, you know, like, it'll show, like, a, an onomatopoeia on the screen, and, you know, that kind of crazy shit, or, like, if you do one of your special moves, it'll say the name of the special move in, like, a really fancy comic book font and do everything in slow motion, and your final strike in a combo is always in slow-mo, so it does these, like, cool matrixy kind of things that are fun, but it's like you're literally just mashing the mouse buttons to make them happen, and it's, like, I feel like that's just a little bit boring, and I don't know if, like, I don't know how you'd make that better in a game like this, unless, like, a game, if a game like this adopted the control scheme of something like Control, where you're utilizing, like, all of these psychic abilities, but then also shooting a gun, like, flying in the air or whatever, like, if it figured out how to do that in Biomutant, like, that would be cool, I think, but right now the combat is just kind of bland. So, it's I don't know. I don't want to say it's a bad game because I think it has really good um it's got a lot of really good things going on and like I just I want to keep playing it because I want to know what goes on in the story and you know, I'm finding these it's fun to explore and find secret areas that like you don't necessarily have access to yet and like mm-hmm. figuring out like oh, I can craft armor that gives me better protection against these elements and things and then I can go and explore this area and Things like that. And the crafting seems a little bit overwhelming, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just a, it, it's a, it's a cool game that has a lot of like poorly engineered things, systems in it that I think if tweaked could make it a really great game. So that's a bummer, but we'll see what they do next. Maybe they'll
1: figure something else out. Might be a different, you know, milieu or something, some different setting, but, uh, Sounds like they. I mean, it sounds like they're able to make something that has a lot of great ideas. Maybe now that they're like fully under THQ Nordic, they might get more resources to, to do something bigger and and different and with a little bit more uh, eye for the execution rather than just the big ideas.
0: Yeah. No, it it, it could be very cool, but um, I can't necessarily say it's worth purchasing full price. But if you can find it on sale, and you like large open-world exploration-style games with cool creatures and, um, you know, interesting different combat that's slightly boring, like, then (laughs) it's for you, I suppose. So Cool. Yeah, let's, uh, I don't know, Brian, do you have any questions about Biomutant or are you good?
2: Nah, I mean, I liked the the visual style of it when I looked at it, but ultimately I I had a gut feeling that I didn't really want to bother playing it. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of holds true based on what you said. Right on. Like, I, I might pick it up when it's, like, really on sale.
0: Yeah, like, it's probably worth $20 or less.
2: Yeah, I would I would play it for that. Right on.
0: Yeah. Cool. Let's talk some news. All right. There's a bunch of uh, kind
1: of handheld geared news this week. Um, one of which is Microsoft has turned the Surface Duo into a handheld Xbox. You can use the xCloud app on this uh, Surface Duo in order to make it basically like a big Nintendo 3DS, which is pretty cool. Um, And then also we have a report that, uh, this is a report from The Verge saying that Valve is secretly building a Switch-esque portable gaming PC. Um, You know, and that's, I think it actually came through Ars Technica, but basically there's some rumors out there saying that they might be trying to make a Linux-based portable that could run a lot of the stuff that's on the Valve uh, Steam store. And then also, uh, every day this past week, somebody was mentioning that uh, Nintendo was going to announce the new Switch Pro, or whatever it's going to be. And uh, that didn't come to pass, because we do have E3 coming up, I think, next week. Um, but and I
2: forgot that was a thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of people theorizing that Nintendo would announce the Switch Pro so that people could actually show off things that would run on it, but um, that hasn't yet come to pass, but... Uh, I'm kind of, like, excited about how much the Switch has made people start thinking about portable again. I feel like the mobile market has really made things weird for portable consoles. Um
0: Well, in general, based off of the past year and the fact that everyone was stuck at home and you couldn't buy Switches because they were selling out everywhere, kind of interesting. We can blame that on Animal Crossing, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but at the same time, like, I'm kind of thinking, like, uh... You know, is this going to be enough to push Sony back into the portable market? You know, or, like, what else is Microsoft going to do in order to try and position xCloud as, like, a mobile-type service and, and things of that nature? So, and the fact that, like, Valve, like, I think Valve, there's people, like, there's been Shield, uh, NVIDIA Shield tablets and things like that that you could play games off of, um, but to see something get the weight of Valve thrown behind it. Um, I think would be really interesting to see what they come up with. Mm -hmm. Because they also tend to be very open with their platform too and let other people figure things out for it and and make it work.
0: I would assume Um, they're just seeing like a lot of the future of gaming is going to be cloud-based with the success of xCloud and GeForce Now and Stadia, I suppose you can say has some success because it works really well. Um, Mm -hmm. But... I would assume that that's why, if Valve is doing this, that's why they're doing it, is because they want to have a hand in the hardware sales of that particular market.
1: Yeah, like, since it is Linux-based, it would be interesting, because, like, not every game on Steam is um, bootable in Linux, but, like, it doesn't mean that you wouldn't be able to use the remote play functions of it to play something off of your home computer with the streaming technology, you know? Right. Um, so that would be interesting to see as well. But yeah, just lots of weird portable-ish news kind of leaking out and happening. We'll have to see if Nintendo actually does announce that Switch Pro anytime soon. Uh, some of it was based off of, like, leaks from other country Amazon sites, and, um, you know, we've been talking about a Switch Pro for months, basically. So, seems like it's probably gotta be happening. It just has, the shoe hasn't dropped quite yet. So, we'll see if, uh, We'll see if the if the Valve portable shows up at uh, you know either Keeley's Summer Games Fest or some point in E3, and uh, obviously you know Microsoft has a big pe- press conference so that uh, leading into that that is June thirteenth is their uh, their E3 showcase. So next week is is E3 actually, but sweet. Uh, they're doing a ninety minute show and they are saying that it very much features the Xbox and Bethesda lineup. So Bethesda is getting kind of like a top-line billing and almost kind of separate um, billing on their E3 show. And it should be interesting. 90 minutes is a long time. Probably fill it up with a lot of games because they've been good at doing it the past couple of years.
2: Yeah. I want to see some Starfield, <laughs> damn it.
1: Yeah, that would be good to see. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of first-party Xbox Game Studio stuff that's in the works here. This Polygon article saying stuff like... Um, Obviously Halo Infinite is still forthcoming. Rare has a game called Everwild. Uh we saw a little bit of a vowed, I think last E three. There's a perfect dark game and a Fable game. Um they own Ninja Theory now, so the Senwa uh Hellblades Hellblade two is Hell yeah. exclusive for them. And you know, we have a new Forza coming any day now, I would assume. So yeah, it'll be good. I think uh it's weird to see I don't know what E three is gonna be this year. Just a bunch of YouTube shows and, like, just news leaking out over, like, stories that people are publishing because they're watching these YouTube things and I'm not. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what we get. But uh, I'm excited to see what comes out of E3 this year and what kind of, how the digital thing works out for them. And if it's going to be a viable platform going forward or if they're still going to try and do stuff in person in the future. So, Uh, another story from Polygon. Uncharted 4 is likely coming to PC, or at least that's what Sony has told investors, so it's probably actually coming to PC. Um, (laughs) There's been a few that have come out, like Days Gone and Horizon Zero Dawn, are both uh, uh, Sony first-party games. Death Stranding is also another PlayStation to PC port, uh, although not technically first-party. But it sounds like Jim Ryan, the executive of Sony... Into Sony Sony's entertainment America, basically saying that they have a whole slate of games that are going to be coming to PC um, based off of this. So uncharted being like the flagship um, franchise for Sony for the past couple generations, generations. It's crazy to see, but it makes sense with everything that they're trying to do here. So, and it's been long enough, like uncharted four is not a new game. <laughs> it's
0: been out for right. a few
1: years now. Yeah, Yeah. but they've got
0: to try and corner some of that PC market, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I haven't seen too much about Days Gone and Horizon Zero Dawn. I think Horizon had a very rocky launch on PC, and I think Days Gone has gone better for them. But um, I don't know in terms of, like, how much work they've done to implement some, like, ray tracing and other type of stuff like that, if they've done any of that. So it might be interesting to see if something like Uncharted would get that type of uh, treatment. And also, like, Part of me wonders is how much of this is them being like, hey, if we're going to make a PS5 patch for this thing as well, we might as well make it so that it can port to PC and take advantage of better hardware than the PlayStation 4, right? Right. So, um, it'll be cool to see what uh, what else makes its way over. I know a lot of people are clamoring for Bloodborne, but uh, I don't know if people should hold their breath on that one or not. So, right on. we shall see. Uh, two other stories here. One of these is kind of big. Um, IGN reported that, uh, Gearbox CEO Randy Pitchford sent out a tweet saying, good news. Yeah, our favorite. I thought you were just going to leave it at that. uh, Randy Pitchford sent out a
2: tweet. (laughs) All right, on to the next news item.
1: Everybody's favorite, uh, Medieval Times customer and, uh, serial USB dropper Randy Pitchford said, good news or bad news first. (laughs) Good news, an update for Borderlands 3 has been prepared for release that includes full cross-play support across all platforms. Bad news, for certification, we have been required by the publisher to remove cross-play support for PlayStation consoles. Um, No official comment from 2K or Sony on this, I don't think, but uh, a lot of people are theorizing due to some of the information that came out of the Apple versus Epic lawsuit that... Um, it looked as though there was some sort of mathematical equation that Sony was requiring that basically said like, hey, if we open up crossplay for your game and we lose a player base below this amount of the game's total player base, then we want you to give us more of a cut of the microtransactions so that we can make up the difference. They're basically being like, we're... We're adjusting that 3070 split to like a who knows what kind of split so that we can make up for the fact that opening crossplay let a lot of people leave the PlayStation uh, ecosystem for your crossplay game
0: and I don't so I think the- that would be the case though like as someone who's like asked for crossplay like I just want to be able to play the game on whatever system I can play it on at that time. Like, it doesn't... I'll buy games multiple times. Like, I don't care. Like, I did it for Destiny. I'll do it for whatever. Like... Yeah, and to me, I think it's a different story if it's, like,
1: cross-play versus, like, cross-save as well. Like, I think cross-save is, like, the bigger issue here. Like, if I could port my my, uh, Borderlands 3 guy from PS4 to PC... That's one thing. But if it's literally just like you're going to let me play with people that are on Xbox, I think, um, I don't know. I guess it depends. There might be some people out there that'd be like, oh, if I could play this with my PlayStation people on my Xbox, maybe I would switch back to my Xbox for it. But I don't know. Either way, it sounds like Sony has some, some... mathematics that they're basically saying hey we want you to make up the difference here if this happens and it sounds like maybe 2k didn't want to agree to do that and therefore they required gearbox to remove the playstation cross-platform cross-play support so basically you'll be able to play borderlands 3 across xbox with also i think mac and pc uh, i don't think the game's on switch if I recall correctly, I know that the first couple ones are um but yeah, you you won't be able to play crossplay if you're on a PlayStation platform for Borderlands 3, which is a big bummer and uh you know, I think Sony should probably like put on its big boy pants and deal with the fact that they might not get this like extra deal here because I want the industry to trend towards having this open crossplay as well, but also like maybe 2k ran the numbers and we're like, yeah, we wouldn't be making, I don't know. Exa- I don't know all of the very intricate details of this like mathematical thing that Sony has where the model that Sony has worked out. So maybe it's designed to screw people over regardless if they are, you know, losing player base or not. I don't know, but, um, hopefully something gets figured out. And honestly, I don't know if Randy Pitchford tweeted this out to like, make people more mad at 2k or at sony or what the deal is (laughs) but who knows if that's actually going to work out for him or not so we'll see
2: but i'm still debating if i ever even want to play that game because i liked the borderlands games but i do i really need a third one in my life it seems like everybody i know is already that would play it has already played it and i don't want to play it alone i have it on playstation and i haven't touched it yet that's a bummer, because I guess we'll never play together <laughs> if I buy it on PC. Because it's on the Epic Game Store for 20 bucks right now, and I have that coupon, so it'd be like $10.
1: And the thing is, it's a game that I played on PlayStation 4 and walked away from, and um, I would totally be down to jump back in if I could play with more people, you know? Like, if, if Brian, you were like, hey, I'm gonna get Borderlands 3, and like we sat down and played some that would probably get me back into the game but at this point it's like well if i can't do that i don't know that i need to actually play borderlands 3 some more
2: so yeah that's a bummer yeah
1: uh but yeah and then the last thing that i that i had here there's an ars technica article based off of uh some news published by the the video game history foundation um somebody found a floppy disk that said Earthbound Message File 325 version uh, in their attic. And um, unfortunately, at some point, they deleted, they formatted the floppy to put something else on it. But uh, they were hoping that the Video Game History Foundation could take the the floppy and recover some of the deleted information. And it turns out that they could, and they did. Um, So they took a bunch of this i think it was originally japanese information and gave it to the person who did some of the earthbound fan translation for mother 3 which was the third game in the series it's called mother in japan and earthbound here for some reason um and this dude basically translated a bunch of it and has a bunch of like new information about like what was going on with earthbound there's this video that's up on youtube from the video game history foundation that goes through a lot of the information and kind of what was learned and it might only be important to like big earthbound super fans, but I always really love when some crazy weird stuff was just found in somebody's attic and it leads to like learning more about some video games. Um, So I feel like that's going to happen less and less as time goes on, but it's cool. So uh, more information on Ars Technica, the story's titled deleted Nintendo floppy recovered 26 years later, full of earthbound secrets. Um, and uh, it's it's just great. I, I love this kind of shit. So check that out if it piques your interest.
0: Tight. I think I'm like the only person in the world who doesn't care about Earthbound. No, that's not true. There's
1: a lot of people that don't care about Earthbound, but there's a lot of people that do care about Earthbound and are very vocal. Yeah, about the it,
0: people who so. care about it, are they
1: just pretty much suck. <laughs> 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 The only thing I care about Earthbound is the fact that it came in, like, the the U.S. version, which is technically Mother 2, came in a Super Nintendo box that was, like, the size of a PC game box, because it came with the strategy guide for it. Because when it came over to the United States, I think the people at Nintendo Japan were like, this game is too hard. We want you to give people a strategy guide with it. And then they were like, okay. Um, but it's such a rare find that, like, copies of Earthbound for Super Nintendo will go for 200 to $300 without the box right now.
0: Yeah, I just, like, um, there are some people that I know that are, like, obsessed with Earthbound. And as, like, a general person, they suck. <laughs> and so I attribute that love of Earthbound with them being a shitty, shitty shit, shit. And that's, like, one thing.
1: Well, I mean, that's
0: fine, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I don't know that that's
1: true. The views of John Morrell do not, uh, blah, 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 Midwest podcast.
0: No. But well, anyway.
2: Maybe we should do an experiment and try Earthbound and see if we become shittier people.
0: Sure. Retro stream.
2: Let's
1: do that. Well, the only legal way to play Earthbound right now without buying that Super Nintendo cartridge for $300, I believe, is on the new Nintendo 3DS. Uh, I know that they released Mother 1 as Earthbound Beginnings on the Wii U. I don't know if Earthbound itself ever made it to the Wii U or not through the virtual console,
2: so. I don't have a Wii U anymore, but I've honestly thought about buying one again for some unknown reason. I've really, really wanted a console in general again this last week. Yeah. I mean, for one thing, because of the TV. Yeah. And just actually because I've been spending more time on the couch. Yep. (sighs) <sighs> so you want a wii u is what you're saying that that'd be pretty low my choices <laughs> though,
0: i have actually. an actual i have a wii in my closet right now i've got a wii in the storage room over there as well oh but i forgot uh, i we also megan and i played mario party on the switch finally yeah. and uh i whooped her ass <laughs>
2: wow i'm shocked
1: they
0: uh i love I think mario they, party they
1: patched network play into that like a few months ago even though it came out like
2: two years ago so i'm not sure i've ever played a mario party game to be honest
0: you would just be angry the whole time
2: <laughs> well yeah probably especially if i was playing with you and megan if you play better than megan because i feel like every game i play with megan like that style of game she whoops my ass yeah like when she came over and schooled us all in mario kart
0: i also have been schooling it's her my game in, damn it i've been schooling her in jeopardy too on uh, on the good. switch
1: there's um there's a very good series on Giant Bomb called Mario Party Party and uh it was basically one of the dudes on the crew loves Mario Party and everyone else on the crew fucking hates Mario Party. <laughs> so he forced them all to play like 100 turns of of Mario Party oh for God. every single game in the series. Uh there's some pretty good pretty good content there. Did, People did should they change that.
2: their mind at all?
1: No. I think it made them hate it more because.
0: And for your dose of yeah. triple click this episode, um, I would like to <laughs> say that I haven't listened to any of their current episodes lately. Uh, I haven't had a chance yet, so I apologize. Well, there you go. But uh, yeah,
1: I should probably pull up what's coming out in the next couple of weeks. I know that Mario uh, Golf is coming. Well, Mar- that's June 25th, I believe, is Mario Golf. I want I don't it. Recall correctly. I want it bad. Um, but. I know June 11th brings the Game Builder Garage, which we didn't really talk about much on air, but it is a new uh, game-building game that's coming out for the Nintendo Switch from Nintendo. So they, uh, they're they saying you can learn video game development from the greats at Nintendo, basically.
0: I'm going to buy that, too. I'm going to buy that, and I'm going to make our Microstomia game
1: you on should, the Switch absolutely. using the
0: touchscreen. screen going to be great.
1: There's um the cool thing about it is that apparently when docked you can actually plug a mouse into it and use the mouse to help you
2: design the oh, game. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So that's kind of sweet. Sweet. You should have made a Microstomia Mario Maker level.
0: Yeah, I could still do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I still technically own that game. I just don't have a console to play it on.
1: Well, there you go. But, uh,
2: yeah, other than that,
1: I don't know that there's a whole lot coming on. When's Ratchet and Clank out? That we'll touch on. Ratchet and Clank also comes out on the 11th, so that might be something we'll touch on, too. Um, That's a lot. But I think, honestly, yeah, so that's this Friday, both Game Builder Garage and Ratchet and Clank. So we'll probably get a good bit of some of those in, uh, those of us that have that. But, honestly, I don't know. John, I feel like if you're... If you're wanting to play something during the week this week, and you want to get into some Disco Elysium, maybe I can do that too, and then we can all talk about it more next week, but that might be a lot to talk about, so. Yeah, no, that we'll sounds good, to, I could do that. We'll have to see what we can do here, and that way Brian can play some more. Yeah. If uh, if he can muster the courage to do so, but uh,
0: yeah, I think that's, uh, that's what we got Sweet. coming up if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show check out MidwestGamers.com slash links the Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon the Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network you can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well check it out at npn.bz slash Patreon thanks K, to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K and Alan K for their contributions one of the perks to joining the Patreons is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests uh, this side quest that we're going to record today is going to be um, some random junk I don't know. I haven't quite figured
2: it out yet. Um, I thought you had an idea.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I want to talk about, like, the new Bo Burnham uh, special and maybe maybe that. some food of some sort. Um, so, yeah, be sure to join the Patreon so you can check that out. And as always, we appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. Subscribe to our Twitch account. Do it on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Nerds, and we'll see you next time. Peace.